Watch the Game is brought to you by Milk is Weird, and you can find everything on milkisweird.com. Coming up, our top three most influential artists and athletes of the last decade. All right, watch the game. Adam Doucette, Chris Robert, we are without Henry Finch once again. Once again without Henry. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's tough. Chris, how you doing, though? I'm good, man. I mean, I would be doing better if the fucking Yankees would be doing something, but hey, mm. I'm not the one playing. I'm not the one Still managing. in rough shape, eh? You've been saying that We're for three weeks straight. garbage. We're in last place. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, Boston... Sox passed you, huh? Yeah. Last, I think last 10 games, Boston has been playing fairly well. Yes. Um, yes, they have. Tampa has not been playing well. So we've had... I, we, as in the Red Sox and the Yankees, have an opportunity, had an opportunity to close the gap a little bit. And then the Red Sox seem to have seized that opportunity to chip away, and the Yankees did not. So... Yeah, we're not, we're look. not looking good. I love to see it though. All right, we got a quick pod today. We're going to do most influential athletes and artists. We each picked three. I actually picked four each because two, the third spot each. was a tie. All right, we're going to have to go quick then. Okay. Um, so I feel like we're probably going to have some similar, like some crossovers. Yeah. So I'm going to say mine. I'll say my first one. And mine aren't in any particular order either. Are yours in order? No. Okay, good. So I'm going to say mine. If you agree, then just say you agree and we can just talk about each one quick. So let's let's start with athletes. The first one, and this is, again, not number one. This is just top three, not in any order. Number one, I have Steph Curry. Agree. Yeah. So my reason for Steph Curry, I think Steph Curry changed the actual game of basketball. And I think it would be an interesting look if you could have like a time machine and, and redo everything and if Steph Curry had never come along would the game of basketball have less three-pointers taken I think it would to what degree I don't really know I think his biggest influence isn't necessarily like with the guys that were already in the NBA when he was doing what he was doing early in his career I think his biggest influence is on the generation that came after him and the kids that grew up watching him kind of our generation to be honest with you mm-hmm. that all the kids grew up wanting to be Steph Curry. They saw everybody shoots threes now. Every position on the floor, you got to shoot threes. You got to be able to at least be a fairly competent shooter unless you can do something else really well. Mm-hmm. But if you're a kid growing up basketball, you're shooting threes. Yeah. You're a shooter. And everybody used to, you know, when you're throwing a piece of paper in the trash barrel or you're shooting a shot on the court in a pickup game, it was always Kobe. Everybody yelled Kobe. And now they yell Curry too. So I just think that the culture and the, the actual game changingness of what he did makes him my top in my top yeah i was i wanted to just keep it to one basketball player and i was debating between lebron and curry i think lebron is very influential in terms of like the global scope of basketball because if you go to china you go to japan you go to any country in the world you say do you know who lebron james is every single person on this planet knows who he is steph curry i don't know if he has that yet he probably is almost there where like you can go to any country, any person, any old person, you can ask them, do you know who Steph Curry is? Some people be like, yeah, no, no, no. I know Jordan and LeBron though. I don't know if he's got there, but I feel like the impact on the game and the generation that's coming up right now is I've haven't seen since probably Jordan. Well, I haven't seen Jordan, but like it probably hasn't happened since Jordan. Um, I feel like the fact that kids no longer are being taught like, post-up games and like trying to like work a mid-range and like 
things like that. I feel like it's it's obviously part of learning the game of basketball and being good at your craft. But in, I feel like the money is can you shoot the ball from three? Can you do it effectively? Can you do it efficiently? And guards nowadays are being taught how to do fadeaway, contested threes. Like back then, nobody's teaching you how to shoot a contested three. But now you you better know how to shoot a contested three because most of the shots you're taking are going to be contested and at the three-point line. And I don't know. I feel like his his the him and the Warriors, because I feel like the Warriors, that dynasty that they had, doesn't get enough credit in also making that change because Curry was like spearheaded it. But like having Draymond at the five also helped. Like having making that team surrounded around Curry be focused on the three, being small ball, being agile defensively. Like the team as 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 a whole impacted the entire game of basketball. And then Curry, I think, is impacting the generation of players coming next. So you said you wanted to keep it to one basketball player. Yes. I was I was not so discriminatory. I I did pick LeBron. I put LeBron in my top three. And a big part of that was I don't feel like I know every sport well enough to say if they're the most influential. Like I didn't pick Messi or Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And they probably are. So like no offense to all my soccer fans, but I I just don't know I don't know the global soccer game like that. I've I've watched Messi and Ronaldo. That that cup final with Messi in it against France was unbelievable. I thoroughly enjoyed that game, but I just don't watch it consistently enough to say. Mm-hmm. So I did put LeBron on my list because I do know a, a good amount about LeBron. So, uh, I think the super team era, I feel like he kind of spearheaded that. Mm-hmm. Just free agency in general, player power, I think started, not necessarily started with LeBron, but he was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. He is very outspoken about a lot of social issues, which is honestly kind of the opposite of what Michael Jordan was. Yes. Michael Jordan was a giant brand with Nike, but he wasn't outspoken about he he kind of kept to himself. He didn't know what he thought. He wasn't he, political. He didn't care much about it. He didn't care much about it. And I think he sort of made an effort not to not to be like that. He was it just wasn't his thing. And LeBron's the total opposite. He's very uh, outspoken about a lot of issues. And he's still a giant brand. LeBron's a billionaire. He's yeah. still playing. He's a billionaire. So I, I think you have to put LeBron on the list. So my my second was, well, again, not in order, is Messi. Um, I think I I watch soccer. I feel like I don't watch it as much, like maybe Jellage, like one of Adam's roommates, good friends, or ex-roommates, good friends. He's a big soccer Ex-good fan. friends. I hate Jellage now. Oh, fuck. Well, Jellage, <laughs> nah, fuck off. I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, I'm not to that extreme where, like, I know when every game is and, like, I'm trying to tune in. It's a whole nother conversation. I feel like the worldwide soccer scene struggles, has a very big gap in getting their games to other markets. I feel like you have to jump through a lot of hoops to try to watch a team. Like, say my team is Manchester United. I would need one subscription for Champions League, one subscription for Premier League, another subscription for another cup, another subscription for another tournament then. I feel like I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not willing to dive into all those loops and, and tribulations just to watch them. Um some people are. I feel like soccer needs a one like hub of like you can just watch any team in the world. Like whenever you like they don't have that yet. I don't know if it will ever happen. But Messi is definitely there. Everyone knows who he is. He is the greatest player of all time. Not consensusly, because there's some people who say Ronaldo. Some people say other players, Pele and and um, Maradona. But Messi is just unbelievable. 
some of my friends that grow up, they're my cousins, they're Argentinian, and like when they won the World Cup, like the tears coming down their eyes, like it's fucking nuts how how people how how people care about him. Can I go on a quick tangent? Yes. Is this the, the fucking tangent about soccer players and the way they act? When no, they, but oh. it's it is about soccer. Okay. It's about soccer and media media rights. Yeah. Okay. okay. Quick t- yeah. Quick tangent. So, so Messi is in the MLS now. He signed with Miami, which is like the biggest thing to ever fucking happen to the MLS and ever happen to like soccer in this country. All right. The best player ever just signed in Florida in the MLS. All right. They decided to not put the games on television, but only put it on Apple TV. Could you make a dumber decision? It, I mean, it's good for Apple, right? And I don't know if they're cutting Messi into this. They I are. don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. They are. He's getting a portion of any any Apple TV subscriptions that are that begin or commence after his signing. He gets a portion of revenue of the revenue. So, so it's good for Apple TV. It's good for Messi. It's bad for soccer fans. If 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 I okay, if I was me, I'm me. If I was just me and Messi playing in Miami was on NBC. I would watch it. If that came across my screen and I was on the guide and I was flipping through channels, I would watch it. I'd be like, that's sick. That's the Michael Jordan of soccer that now plays in my country. I want to watch that. But am I going to go out of my way and pay for an Apple TV subscription? No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge sports fan. You're not going to meet a bigger sports fan than me. So if a huge sports fan from the United States that is open to watching soccer, if you're repelling those sports fans by making them pay for games on a dumb streaming service that's not going to grow the game i i feel a similar way about the nhl for different reasons i feel like they're just marketing and like the culture of it could be better like can you figure out how to make kids like hockey can you just figure out how to let people that are not already if you're not already a fan you're not going to pay for apple tv to watch Messi. but if it's going to come across your screen you're going to make new fans i think it's such a bad decision it's it's just the money the money I guess if you want to look at it long term versus short term, I guess in the within the next five to ten years, the amount of money that the MLS and Apple TV will generate because of this is great. But if you're talking mm-hmm. about just the impact of the game going forward and growing the game um, past the five years, past ten years, I feel like having the games on like public, not public, because you have to pay for cable, but like those channels like mm-hmm. NBC or whatever the fuck channel it is, it's on. I feel like that long-term will grow the game more. I would say even despite this, the rate at which the MLS is growing is growing at a much faster rate than, than the NHL, which is concerning for mm-hmm. a, a sport that is Canadian and American-focused, I would say, versus a sport that's not American-focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, just had to go on a quick tangent. Moving on. Three. Who's your three? Three. I have two guys in the three spot that I couldn't decide between. Okay. They're both football players. Oh, Adam. Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick. So uh, I'm going to go Tom Brady first. Brady, to me, is the best player to ever play the game. He's definitely the best quarterback. And when people talk about work ethic in sports, it's usually Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady. And I think just the fact that he is a the the best to ever pick up a football and b that he did it in in such like a an interesting and inspiring way to a lot of people that he was the 199th pick in the draft i think he was not supposed to be this he he was supposed to be a backup 
and he came in and I and became the best ever, became the goat. And I think that's a, a very inspiring story to a lot of people that that look up to him. And he's just the way, the same way that like people yell Kobe and Curry when they're shooting. When people are talking about work ethic and sports, it's Tom Brady and Kobe. And just to inspire that many people, I think is is a huge sphere of influence. You want to talk about Tom Brady real quick? I I did not have a football player on my list because I do not think the scope of football or the range of football is as great as basketball, as great as baseball, as great as soccer, because those sports are a little bit more international. Football, I feel like it's an American thing. Obviously, people play football in Canada. People play football in, like, small, like, parts of, like, Europe. But, like, I I don't think that to be the most influential, I think, in America, Tom Brady is one of the most influential American athletes for American sports. But in the world, I don't think he is. I don't think any football player is. I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Okay. On the field of play, no. I mean, he played for what? A few years. He was good he was for good. like two years. Yeah, he was good. He was, I mean, he was solid. He could throw the ball a little bit. He was a great running quarterback. Um, got them to one Super Bowl. They didn't win, but he was there. His scope of influence is society, his social issues. And whether you agree with what he did or not is a totally separate conversation. He started a conversation that lasted for I think I think he took a knee during the anthem for the first time in 2016, and that conversation, that national debate about racial justice and that whole social justice debate was going on for years and to a point still is. Yes, and I think I don't want to say he completely started it, but he played a big part in that, and that to me is very influential. That's a fair point. If we're looking at it, not like production on the field wise. Yeah. Yeah. Totally separate thing. Um, All right. You're number three. I was torn between not just two, a couple. So the reason I'm saying this, it's, it's a little recent. I'm going to say Shohei Otani. Mm. Um, The reason I say Shohei Otani is he came into the league in 2018. So he's going on his sixth year now. So I guess if we're talking about last decade, I guess he's been in the league for the better half of the last decade. The the fact that there's now MLB advert like advertisements and sponsorship from Japan, there's like in the Angel Stadium, they have this like a bunch of Japanese companies on the billboards and like things like that. And like the streams from Japan are like breaking records. The people who the amount of people who turn into to games from that part of the world because of him is I don't think has ever happened. Like Ichiro is probably the best Japanese player to ever play the game of baseball. I don't think the the TV ratings are are what they are now. Um, and I think he's opening a door that was closed for almost 100 years, and that is someone who can be professionally a hitter and a pitcher. I feel like you were groomed, like you're either a pitcher or you're a position player. There's no in-between. Yep. You're either or. We don't want you getting hurt. We don't want you doing this. But now I feel like in college, more kids are, are getting – they're like leash extended. We're like, all right, we'll let you pitch and hit and see how you do. I feel like it's going to get to a point where there's going to be more Shohei Otanis all over the league. And it's going to be pitchers and hitters and, and it's going to change the way the game is played and viewed. And I think it's good. I feel like if you're good at both and you're elite at both, you should be able to do both. Um, I don't think you should be forced to choose. And I think he fought for that, which I really enjoyed. Like he really fought when he got here. He's like, listen, in Japan, I was doing both. When I get here, I'm going to do both. 
I, I can't, I don't want to do one or the other. I'm here to do both. So if I'm going to join your team, you got to let me do it. And he fought for it. He's doing it. He's doing it flawlessly. He's doing it amazingly. And I think it's going to grow the game even more. Good one. Thank you. Oh, should I tell you the ones I was torn with? Yeah, you got one more? Or you get two more? Yeah, I was torn between Serena Williams. Uh, yeah, I like that. And um, someone told me the other day or today, and it kind of like struck me with Simone Biles. I don't really know much about gymnastics. I don't really follow the Olympics like that, but apparently she's really influential in the Olympics. The reason yeah, I like chose Michael Phelps or someone like that. Yeah. Too. The reason yeah. I chose Serena too is because like everyone knows who Serena Williams is. Like she's yeah. probably the greatest tennis player to ever play. And it's like, but again, I don't know much about the sport. So like, I can't speak to like what her accomplishments mean. Um, I think for tennis, she did. She definitely opened the door for more black women to be welcomed and feel like this is attainable for them. Because if you think of tennis, tennis is not a sport you would think of as like a a mind like a Latino or a black or a, a, a minority dominated sports. It's very European. It's very white based. And so I think she did a great job in like opening that door. Um, but yeah, she was my honorable mention. I will say I'm not a, t- a huge tennis fan yeah, either. I, I don't know a I ton about the game, nothing. but every year I just happen to flip on the TV during the Wimbledon final. I, I really don't watch much TV in the summer because there's no basketball and there's no hockey. Um, I'll, I'll flip on the Red Sox occasionally. Sometimes I'll listen to the Red Sox on the radio when I'm doing something else. It's just sort of a nostalgic thing. It's, it's fun. But I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV in the summer, but I flipped on Wimbledon the other day. Two years in a row I've done it, the Wimbledon final, and both of them have been awesome. Really, really good. So I, I maybe I'm a budding tennis fan. Maybe. Just saying, Wimbledon was great. Um, because no, Tiger, Tiger Woods hasn't played in like. I try to make sure that they played some some amount in the last ten years. I don't think Tiger's played enough. I think Michael didn't play that. Hasn't competed in a couple years too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. All right, we ready to go to artists, musicians? Yes, this one was tough. It was tough. It was tough, and I think there's a few sort of categories or, or different ways that you could have taken the question most influential. Like, yeah. is it most influential on, on what, on kids that want to make music on music fans on the way that they maneuver their careers? Like there's, there's different things, but you can take it however you want. My number one, again, in no particular order, this is going to make you happy, Chris, Billie Eilish. Interesting. Yeah. I think she has sort of become I hesitate to say the voice of a generation because it sounds so like really cliche. <laughs> yeah. But I think I, to me as somebody who makes music, I think one of her biggest influences is that she, so she showed people her and her brother Phineas that you could become a huge mainstream pop star and a huge musical success and make incredible art and music in your house, in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. They made that first album in their room. And you don't need a studio. You don't need fancy equipment. You don't need a bunch of fancy stuff and un, you know, unreal microphones and all this stuff. They sat with a piano and a guitar and a computer and some mics in their bedroom and they made an incredible album that became an incredible mainstream success. Mm-hmm. And I think to show that you don't need any of that, that you just need talent and you need hard work and you need to put in the time, that I think is her biggest influence. Yeah. Phineas... Side note, Phineas deserves a lot of credit. He's fucking out of this world talented. But yeah, I, I didn't have Billy in my top three because I feel like not enough people know that. 
Like, I feel like people listen, oh, I know Billie Eilish, the girl who makes sad music. And I feel like part of the influence is that, that they were able to do it with so little. But the second part is the style of, of their music is like incorporates the poppy like beats and like choruses and undertones of the, of the song, but with very, very dark and like authentic feelings about like, you know, sadness and depression and things like that. And that's like, you listen to it, it's like, oh, this song, you know, it's on the radio, but it's like, she, well, if you hear what she's talking about, it's like, it's feelings that a lot of people, especially if this of a younger generation tend to resonate with. Um, mm-hmm. She didn't make my top three. All right, give us your number one then. In no particular, no particular order, just order. number one. Kanye West. I thought about it. Um, I thought about it. I think his music from the start of his career up until the end, I feel like he was able to, just musically, I feel like he's so talented. I feel like he knows what he's doing. Like with the producing, he knows what he's doing. His lyrics sometimes don't make sense to me, but like he always has a meaning for his music and he his I, I don't know. I just feel like he's talented from like start to finish holistically as an artist. Cause like some artists are good lyricists. Some are good producers. Some have a, you know, a good sound or ear for music. Some don't. Some people just like get in the booth. They say some things and they, that's, that's their day for them. He like does everything his own. Like he, he writes the lyrics out. He produces it. He runs it over. He tries to add in like small things into the song. And then once his career finished, it's like, then he just like went in this endeavor of fashion and it became a billion dollar business. And he's like, now everyone knows who Yeezy is. Everybody knows what Yeezy clothes and Yeezy shoes are. Everybody know who know, knows who Kanye West is. Everybody knows that he's an artist, a successful artist and a successful fashion. And someone who's into obviously music and fashion, I think he's very, very influential. Yeah. A little cuckoo, a but you know. Yeah, a lot cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that guy got some issues, Chris. Hey, buddy, guys. Um, my number two pick, Drake. Okay, I had Drake. I had Drake. On my list. Yeah, I feel like he blurred the line between pop and hip hop. And other than the fact that he's probably the most consistently successful artist of our lives, at least we're twenty three. You're twenty three. Yeah. Um, say I'm old. No, okay. no, you're young, Chris. Okay. We're young. We are young people. You're a kid. Mm-hmm. To me, I call you a kid until you're like, I don't know, 40. Like, hey, what's up, kid? Mm-hmm. Once you're 40, I'll be like, hey, what's up, guy? Guy? So but till then, I didn't graduate you're a kid. the guy yet. Okay. No, not yet. All right. Um, I think when Drake came out in early 2010s, maybe 2009, 2009. So in that yeah. range. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought that a rapper singing was weird or soft or any adjective that you want to use and now i think most rappers also sing like that tory lane song that didn't just come out but somehow i just figured it i think it was you i was in your car like a a few months ago yeah when you came to boston was it and you were bumping it's uh what's it called is it lavender sunflower is it violet i know yeah the color violet color violet the color violet great song that album but totally amazing. unexpected. Yeah. And I think Drake sort of paved the way for that to be a thing. That okay, I'm I'm a rapper, I can be a dope rapper, I can drop bars and do all of that that you that all the other rappers can, but I I'm also going to sing and make pop music and it's going to be cool. That's Drake. Yeah, I feel like Drake some people don't like him because they feel like he might be too mainstream. I feel like people still clown him like the memes about like Drake 
being like very soft and like not like a hard rapper. He's like very, I guess, flamboyant. They, you know, make the memes about him. He's a lover boy or whatever. But I think you said, the, I've never heard the phrase like blurred the line between pop and, and like rap. And I feel like now I, I can't think about rap without having those melodies and having that like sing songy thing of it now. Like I listen to old school rap, like old school rap is cool or whatever. But then when I'm talking to my older friends, I'm like, bro, this is like, no, it's just nonstop. Like the guy's just talking all over a beat. Like there's no stop. There's no pause, little chorus, little melody, little something, then go back. I, I just feel like I can't listen to rap the same unless it has like those melodies and those like things in it incorporated that kind of make the song like whole to me yeah i can appreciate and listen to and enjoy older hip-hop but there's undeniably an added layer of interest Mm -hmm. that comes with with new stuff and from drake and from a lot of other people too uh i think kanye had a hand in that with 808s and heartbreak but just the added layer of melodic interest almost every rapper mainstream rapper now incorporates some aspect of melodic interest in their music yeah you got to uh, who's your number two? Well, my number two was Drake, so I guess my number three oh, okay. now. I was torn. You go, because I'm torn. Okay, I'm torn too, but I just put down two, so I'll, I'll say two. Uh, it was a tie for me. Mm-hmm. The first one was Kendrick Lamar. Okay. The second one was Taylor Swift. Okay. So, uh, too bad Henry's not here, because he would love the Taylor Swift one. Okay. So, I so I'll, can I say that I had... So, Taylor was... I do not... Again, do not listen to Taylor Swift... I do not mm-hmm. listen to Beyonce, but I had both of them here because I feel like as even though the music I never listened to really, and I don't feel like it pertains to me and I don't have interest in it, the chokehold or grasp of influence that both Taylor Swift and Beyonce have on their respective like fans is unbelievable. Everyone has said that Beyonce is a phenomenal performer. Everybody has said Taylor Swift is a phenomenal performer. Their music and albums always break records. Um, and it's also funny because that one Grammy or whatever it was, I don't know what it was where like Taylor Swift got the music it, video and then yeah. somebody should have got, it was like, Oh, it should have been Beyonce. But like yeah. now, ever since then I compare somebody, he says, oh, yeah. somebody says, yeah. Oh, Kanye. Yeah. Somebody did a little something, something. So I'm like, now every you know time in my head, I'm like, well, I feel like Beyonce did do a good job that year. And now I compare both of them because I feel like they make pop music and whatever. And that's their thing. But I had both of them as honorable mentions. So let me let me do my Taylor Swift take then. So I would would you agree that right now she's the biggest pop star in the world? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's number one. She kind of crossed from country to pop, and she was also her. So she's on this unbelievably successful tour right now. Tickets are going for thousands of dollars. People going crazy. People crying. People going and just standing outside the stadium in the rain just to like see if they can hear the speakers. It's an insane tour. But another reason that I think she's influential is because she was at the front of the debate and kind of to a point still is about musicians owning their work, owning their songs, owning their masters. And she was in the big, you know, scuffle with Scooter Braun, the manager. And she re-records her albums after her deal is done. I, I don't know the ins and outs um, of her specific situation, but she was sort of at the front of that debate about ownership of your own work. Um, so I, I think that's very influential. I do. Okay. You want my Kendrick Lamar take before you, you get your... your sure. Do you have a fourth? You have one more, right? Yeah, I have like a two, like a three and then a four-ish. 
Okay. All right, let me do my Kendrick Lamar one. Go ahead. Because I so disagree. Kendrick, you disagree? Yeah. Okay. So Kendrick, to me, he's mainstream, but he, he the music, or at least a good portion of his music, doesn't sound mainstream. And I think if you walk down the street and you talk to any rap fan, I think he would get a, I think you'd get a plurality of people, if not a majority, that said Kendrick Lamar is the best rapper right now. Mm. I think that's an accepted thing. I think there's a clear top three. I think people would say Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. But I think Kendrick would get the most votes if you had, if people had to pick. And just the fact that his music doesn't all sound mainstream. It's very conscious rap. It's very lyrical. Some of it isn't very poppy at all. He makes the poppy songs and they get on the radio and that's great. But the reason that people gravitate towards Kendrick Lamar really isn't that. It's because it's really deep and really artistic and really thoughtful. And for that to break into the mainstream, like the the reason Drake is mainstream is because he makes great pop music. It's because it sounds good and it's kind of fluffy and it's not super dense and lyrical and thoughtful. Drake does make that type of music too. That's the Drake that I like, but that's not the reason that he's huge and the biggest artist of this generation. It's it's not. But that is why Kendrick Lamar is. And I think he also, the way he maneuvers marketing, he's not all over social media. And he's not. there's not a lot of in-your-face marketing. He drops an album once every few years, once every four years, five years, maybe. And you don't really see him a lot other than that. He's not, he doesn't want to be in the mainstream spotlight all the time, like a lot of other artists do. And I think that's been influential too. I think to show that if you're at that level, that you can do that, that you won't, you're not going to lose all your fans, that people will still be there for you is influential. I think you see more people doing that now, mm-hmm. like the weekend. Does the weekend even have social media? I don't see the, he, does he do interviews? He doesn't do it. Not really. No. So my third, the, my torn was between The Weeknd and Bad Bunny. Mm. The reason I say Bad Bunny is because I feel like he came in 2016. So again, the better half of the last decade, he's he's been making music. And I feel like he just continues to get better and better every year. Every album, I feel like, just got better and better. The features he does, like... Again, he's not a very, he's not a lyrical person. I mean, you wouldn't know because you don't know what he's saying, but he's not a lyrical person, but he makes stuff that makes you feel good. He makes stuff that makes you, puts you in a good mood. Like it makes you want to go out with your friends. It makes you like have a good time. Like nobody wants to like go out and like say they're having a rough week. They go out with their friends. Nobody wants to like, can you put on like, I don't know, some sad music. They're like, oh, can you put on Bad Bunny? Because Bad Bunny is very, it's like fluffy. It makes you feel good. And that's what sells. And also his, his like, I feel like his, I guess, connection with the community and, like, he's very open about, like, people, like, having, doing their, like, their sexuality and, like, very supportive of people. Like, he he's also very, f- like, focused on, like, breaking gender barriers in terms of, like, what you wear. Like, sometimes, like, I, I think a couple awards show that like, he came in with, like, rainbow hair and, like, nails on and, like, a dress. Like, things that, like, most guys would be like, oh, it's kind of weird. But, like, to him, it's like, well, I mean, I don't care. And then I, I think that helps his his influence, and a lot of people love that about him. Um, he was also in WrestleMania. Like, he he, really? he, he does wrestling. Um, and I think he might be going into acting as well soon. So I think he's on a trajectory right now where he's he's up there, and I think his album, Umberano Sinti, is, is the most streamed album in Spotify history. Wow. So he's there. 
Now, my transition to the weekend is I think he came in at a time where music like that was, again, not kind of accepted. Like he was very slow, like depressing. He A lot of music about women and his like his struggles were like his addiction to sex, his addiction to drugs and like drinking and things like that. Um, and his voice is very unique that he his ability to like sound like that. I feel like you can hear the weekend, but like I know who he is. Like you can hear his voice, like that's the weekend. Yeah. And now he's doing a HBO show. He's like producing shows. He's like he he's acting. He's he's doing a lot of shit. Um, so that's why I have those two there. I like the point about the voice, about how the weekend has a unique voice. I will say he does remind me a little bit of Michael Jackson. I've said that before. Yes, he does. But the the uniqueness of the tone of your voice, I think, plays a huge part in that. And that's what I think about Drake. I say that about Drake Mm -hmm. all the time. That when you hear a Drake song, you might like it, you might not. But you know it's Drake because of his voice. Not because of what the music sounds like or the form of the song or the genre, but because you know exactly what his voice sounds like. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks to Chris Robert. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next week. I'm a sober soul. I take glory roads. With some dogs, you violate me. They gon' send you home. They'll get you gone.